Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the All Things New podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in for another episode. I hope that y'all have had a wonderful week so far, and um, thanks so much for tuning in. So today's topic, which it might be a bit short because I don't have notes, but today's topic is surrendering your desire for marriage to God. So if you are, you know, the majority of my listeners, y'all are like around my age, um, within like 10 years. And so if you are in your 20s and you desire marriage and it hasn't quite happened for you, it can be really, really hard to be encouraged. Um, And it's not like you feel jealous or envious, but it's kind of like you have a desire for marriage and it hasn't happened for you yet. And you can be surrounded by people who are you have been married for years, who are having kids, and some of them are younger than you, some of them are your age, etc. And it can be difficult, especially if you've been praying and hoping and desiring for marriage and family, and that hasn't happened for you quite yet. And it can be really difficult if you're in that space, or you're still single, where you haven't been dating, and you're just kind of like, okay, Lord, like biological clock is ticking it's partially a joke but um (laughs) it can be difficult because you always we have these ideas of how our life should be and what it should be like but God's will oftentimes differs from that which is a good thing but we have to be able to let go of our ideas and our like what we think our path should be we have to let go of that in order for God's will to be fulfilled in our lives, because we won't be willing to be flexible if we're only thinking, I have to do this by a certain age, I have to be married by this age, I have to start having kids by this age, etc., etc. I have to have this degree by this age. I have to get my master's by this age. You know, you can you can apply that to so many different things. But regardless, the point is that we have these ideas in our heads, which might seem like really awesome, great ideas. And they might be ideas that work for someone else. But the thing is, you are not them. You're not that someone else. You are you. And your life is your life. Your path is your path. God's will for your life is his will for yours. And it's not someone else's. Okay. So it can be really difficult when you are surrounded by things you desire and it's not yours yet. It can be really hard. I know how that feels. I really do. Um, and so we can have these desires for marriage, which is a good thing. It is good to desire marriage because God created it. But sometimes you can begin to idolize it. And I think I have a previous episode talking about the idolization of marriage, which is a real thing, especially in Christianity. It's we can begin to idolize and idealize what marriage is without having a grasp of reality on like what marriage actually is and having a realistic point of view of it, opposed to just like a fairy tale or like, you know, Instagram um, couples and YouTube vlogger couples. And it's like, yeah, I mean, of course their life looks awesome because it's a highlight reel, but we can often idealize these things without even recognizing the reality of what they are. And I think that it's really important that when you're single and when you're dating, you recognize the purpose of marriage, the realities of marriage, and what marriage actually, like the purpose of it is, and and why do you want marriage? It's important to ask yourself that 
Because if you go into marriage with unrealistic expectations, you're going to be let down. And that will definitely negatively impact your marriage if you are expecting these things and they either aren't met or they aren't communicated and they are unrealistic. So ultimately, yes, it's okay to desire marriage. It's a good, it's a good thing to desire marriage. But we have to be careful if we become obsessed with the idea of marriage because that can easily start to get in our heads and we're like obsessing or we're like, oh my gosh, like all these people are engaged, all these people are dating, blah, blah, blah. People are having babies. And you can start thinking like, oh great, I'm 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 behind. I'm I'm what's going what's wrong with me? Like why am I not in this place yet? And there's nothing wrong with you. <laughs> if you're seeking God's will for your life and it hasn't happened yet, just know that God's best hasn't happened yet. Unless you're like totally just like rebelling against God and you're you're ignoring all of his signs and his voice. If you are being obedient, if you're trusting, if you're resting in God, know that his best is yet to come for you. So surrendering your desire for marriage, it doesn't mean forgetting about your desire for marriage or it doesn't mean being distasteful towards it or looking down on it because that's that's not right because marriage is good and was created by God. But surrendering your desire for marriage really means like you're giving your desires to God, you're submitting your will to his and you're submitting your timeline and your ideas to him as well. And you're saying to him, like, I know, God, that what you have is best for me, and I'm willing to pray and to wait for it. And on the flip side, surrendering your desire for marriage doesn't mean doing nothing either. It doesn't mean like, okay, God, like I surrender this to you, and I'm not going to do anything until it happens. Like, that's not how that works. Um, you have to take action to a certain degree. You can surrender your desire to marriage um, for marriage to God and still do something to get that result. And you should, because if you don't do something to get that result, then how are you expecting that result to happen, right? That doesn't mean you don't trust God. It just means that you're actually taking action and you're doing your part. You have to do your part. Obviously, you know, be wise, but it's like, you can't just say, okay, God, I surrender my desire for marriage to you and I trust you and just do it, make it happen. And then you sit in your room all day and you don't like go out and interact with people like that. That's not, that's not going to work, fam. You have to put yourself out there and you can't expect to meet your future spouse if you never meet people or if you don't have meaningful interactions with people either. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense for you to expect to meet someone and you never meet people. Like it can't, you can't just like, I don't know. You have to do something about it. You have to like take action. And that does not mean putting matters into your own hands. It simply means like you're actually working towards a goal and you have to do things to get to that goal. I mean, for example, if you sign up for a marathon or something or a half marathon or a 5K regardless, if you just like, you know, don't train for it, like you might be able to do it, but you will probably cause harm to yourself. You'll be really tired and you'll probably finish very late, which, you know, there's you know nothing wrong with finishing last or late as long as you finish. But why would you sign up for a half marathon and not train towards it? That doesn't really make sense. That doesn't make any logical sense. You have to start working up. You have to start small and start working up and running more miles, getting your pace faster. 
and building endurance to get to that goal. So once you get to that marathon, that half marathon, you've already run that amount that you need to run. You've already, you've like built up yourself to get to that place to be able to succeed in that arena. And the same thing goes for so many things in life. We can't just expect to be prepared for something if we haven't done preparation. I know that sounds very simple, but if you want to be a good godly spouse to your future spouse, if you want to be a good godly wife or a good godly husband, you have to prepare ahead of time for that. And so while you surrender your desire and your will for marriage to God, you should be working on yourself as a person. You should be growing in community and you should be also you know, one of the reasons why community is so important is because you have people that you that can mentor you, people you can look up to, people who can give you good, wise counsel and advice. And you can ask them, hey, what do you think I should be working on if I want to be a good wife? Or what do you think, like, what do you wish you knew before you got married? Or what things should you have done that you didn't do? You know, just asking for good advice for people who've been married for decades is so valuable, is so valuable because you don't always have to, you know, make horrible mistakes to learn. You can learn from others and it's good and wise to do so. And so while you surrender your will to God, you should still be working on, okay, what can I do to become a better, not only person, but like, how can I become a better spouse? What characteristics does a good wife or does a good husband have? And how can I begin to practice these and to emulate these? And how can I make my interactions with people more meaningful? And how can I work towards this goal without being obsessed with the idea, but working towards becoming a better person, being more patient, etc. There are so many things that you can and should work on if you want to be married. But that's a really important thing to keep in mind. It's like surrendering your will is saying, you know what, Lord, I'm not going to try to, you know, put myself in a box or put you in a box rather. I'm not going to try to make or force things to happen. I'm not going to try to say, God, if this doesn't happen by this age, I'm giving up. Or I'm, you know, not trying to like put a time constraint on God because that's that doesn't work. Good luck with that because that's not going to work. Um, and so it is good to surrender your will and you should. You absolutely should. If you want God's best for your life, you have to surrender your will to his but also do something you have to put work to it you have to um, back up your desires and your words with actions you can't just expect to run a half marathon without ever running in your life before so if you're in the place where you desire marriage you want marriage you're like okay what can i do to prepare for it um, I've definitely talked about it in previous episodes, but I wanted to highlight Proverbs 31, especially if you're a woman, which the majority of my listeners are, like I'm pretty sure like 90% of y'all are women. For all of the men who listen, you guys are awesome and I appreciate y'all too. That's so awesome to me. 
But, um, you know, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I would definitely encourage you to go read it. But it's good stuff. It's like it's talking about this wife of noble character and it's outlining these characteristics that she has and her responsibilities. And she is a woman who is incredibly trustworthy. She's efficient. She works well. She's intelligent. And she's a businesswoman. She's a hard worker. She has, she's strong and energetic. She makes profit. She creates things. She is generous. She's kind. She's gentle. She prepares. She prepares a lot for her family. She prepares for things ahead of time. And then one of the most popular um, parts of this passage is she's clothed with strength and dignity and she laughs without fear of the future. That's verse 25. And then in verse 28, I'm just going to read 25 through the end. 26 says, when she speaks, her words are wise and she gives instructions with kindness. A lot of these things here can be applied to how you behave in your character now. Like, you don't have to be married to act like this. Like, the thing is, marriage doesn't change people, and the flip won't necessarily switch when you marry. I'm not married, of course. I'm single, but, like, I know that, like, people don't change when they get married. They just come together, and it's, like, the habits that you have when you are single will carry into your marriage because you're still the same person. Verse 27 says, she carefully watches everything in her household and suffers nothing from laziness. That's important too. Verse 28, her children stand and bless her. Her husband praises her. There are many virtuous and capable women in the world, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceptive and beauty does not last, but a woman who fears the Lord will be greatly praised reward her for all she has done let her deeds publicly declare her praise i love this chapter so much and it's really proverbs 31 verses 10 through uh, 31 which is the end there are these amazing characteristics here that this wife has and she i bet you that she had these characteristics that she had these things in her before she became a wife, before she became a mom, she was already caring. She was already generous. She was already kind. That's just the type of person she was. And that is the character that she had. And she carried that into her marriage. The Bible also says, um, I can't remember where it is, but it says, he who finds a wife finds a good thing. And, um, Yes, it's in Proverbs 18, I found it. It says, the man who finds a wife finds a treasure and he receives favor from the Lord. Another translation says, he who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. I think that is so great and beautiful and awesome. The thing about this is that it doesn't say he who finds a girlfriend <laughs> or a boo thing. It says he who finds a wife and she's already wifely before she becomes a wife before she has a ring on her finger, before she has the title, before the wedding, before all of that, she has those characteristics and that's the type of heart that she has. It's a very giving, generous heart, selfless, diligent, driven. All of these characteristics should be present in you before you have a ring on your finger, before you have the wedding. 
And so it's important for you to realize and remember that while you submit your will to God, you should also be improving and like asking the Lord also like, Lord, what can I, how can I improve? Like how, what things in my heart should be changed? Like what things do I need to be transformed in? And he will reveal it to you for sure. Like he absolutely will show you like different things you need to work on. And it, will it be hard to hear? Probably, <laughs> probably will be because we think highly of ourselves. But to be honest, we, you know, we aren't as great as we think, which isn't a bad thing um, because the Lord works in our hearts. But there are things that need to be exposed in our hearts that are not so good, not so pleasing. Um, and so just think about your character, the type of character that you have Think about, is this something that will be a positive, like a life-giving thing if I like did this to your future spouse? And it's not like an obsessive thing, like a thing, obsessively thinking over your future spouse and your future life. That's not what this is, that it's like, what does my heart look like right now? And, and how does my heart, like how do my characteristics and my actions, how do they benefit me or like not benefit but it's kind of like how in, in interactions with other people wh what are these doing for me like how how are these characteristics helping me in my interactions or how are they helping my interactions become more meaningful and and be of higher quality because if you're you know your interactions with people will tell a lot about how you interact with your future spouse because that's also a person and so are you speaking life-giving things? Are you being kind? Are you being gentle? Are you being patient? It's important to examine yourself and examine your heart and say, okay, I was um, a little short in the situation. Next time something similar happens, let me be more patient. Or, you know, it's just important to be able to recognize the things that are going on in your head and in your heart because those will carry on into a marriage. So I know I've been talking a lot about marriage, but... Um, obviously I'm talking about your, your desire for marriage, but when you surrender your desire for marriage, that does not mean you forget about it. That doesn't mean that you sweep it under the rug that you're like, oh, you know, okay, I surrender it, whatever it's in your hands and I'm going to do nothing about it. Yes. It's in the Lord's hands. Absolutely. And that's important, but you have to work towards it. There has to be some sort of work put forth in order for a goal to be achieved. You can't just, once again, you can't expect to, you know, show up at a 10K and never jog a day in your life and expect to do that with excellence. Of course, it will be difficult moments and pit stops and you'll get really tired, you know, even if you do train. But the thing is, like, you will build up your stamina and your endurance and you'll be working on things that will help you in the long run, opposed to just short term like in the beginning of a race, you might feel great, <laughs> but by mile two, you might be feeling real tired. <laughs> and it's important to think long-term. Um, and I know I'm using a lot of words and ideas that could also become obsessive, like thinking long-term. It could possibly, it could potentially become an obsessive thought about marriage, but don't just think about it for marriage. Think about it as being a more godly individual and having a a good character, a character that emulates the character of Christ. And these things will help you in the long run with your, not just your marriage, but also your relationships and interactions with people. And it will also point people towards Jesus by the way that you interact, by your character, by your, the way you speak, by the, the things that you say. These things will hopefully will 
point people towards Jesus. So it's not just about, I just want to be a good wife. It's like, how about just being a good human? That'll, that'll take you so many places by just focusing on your character and by staying accountable and having mentors that you can be accountable to, mentors that can give you advice, good godly advice. Just, it's an important thing just so that your interactions with people can be more meaningful and that'll, of course, pour into your marriage as well. I hope that y'all enjoyed today's episode. Thanks so much for tuning in. I really appreciate it. If you haven't already, I would really appreciate a rate or review. That would be super great. Um, It'll just help me, um, the podcast, get viewed more, which would be cool. Um, But also... I really hope that what I say encourages people Um, and just knowing that y'all keep coming back shows me that it's at least encouraging someone. So I really appreciate y'all so very much. I recently got back on YouTube also. So if you have Instagram, I have an Instagram highlight with YouTube and the link is in there. Um, So you can like find my YouTube. I like posted a video after like four years of posting. So... It was actually more than that. It was like four and a half, something crazy like that. But um, I'm getting back on YouTube. I'm going to be talking a lot about um, dating and Christianity and, you know, dating and relationships in regards to Christianity and singleness mainly because I have the most experience with singleness. So um, I'll just be talking about several things related to that on my YouTube channel. But I'd appreciate y'all if you check that out too. And also subscribe. That would be pretty cool. Um, But yeah, I appreciate y'all so very much. Thanks for listening. And I hope that y'all have a wonderful week. And I'll talk to y'all next Tuesday. Ciao.